Welcome to the Mancunian Candidates. We look at what's going on over in America and what's going on in the UK from a pop culture and political perspective. We tell you what's going on and, boy, are there things going on. Normally it's 50-50. You say the UK and America, there's always problems on both sides. But, my God, America right now is on a crash and burn on every level humanly possible. I'm Mike Royce, and I'm joined by... Uh, my name's Paul Ripley. Uh, let's listen to this. Um, this sums up um, America to me right now. Not the American people, but America as a government and as a... Well, have a listen. Remdesivir is a drug which uh, gets people better faster, gets them out of hospital. It might improve survival, but it's the only thing we have. And if we can't get it from the US... We're not allowed to get it from Indian factories that are making it. There's a way around this. We'd have to break the pattern. But that's a very controversial thing to do. Also, we're in a much better place because of the availability of what's known as therapeutics or medicines to treat people that have contracted the coronavirus and are experiencing severe symptoms. Uh, there would be uh, the availability of remdesivir, which we're distributing another tranche this week. We've got to remember that UK patients took part in the clinical trials that showed that this drug worked. And we have to have equality uh, between countries. We have to have the ability of, of UK um, health authorities to access these drugs in return for taking part in these studies and people risking their own health. We've got very little or no access to this drug. Remdesivir. And you know what that is because that's been the hot thing also in the papers and in the media for the last little while. An important treatment for hospitalized coronavirus patients. And it's something uh, I spoke with Dr. Khan and uh, Dr. Fauci. I spoke with Deborah about it. And it's, uh, it's really a very promising situation. Uh, so there we have it. Uh, the USA have bought there's only one factory allowed to make it, uh, and they have bought three months' supply of it. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So all in, yeah, the tests went out around, the, I don't know how many, uh, how many uh, tests went out, quite a few thousand, hundreds of thousands. Uh, proved to work. We did lots of work over here in the UK, and we came up with it saying, yes, I think it's Oxford, Oxford I think. Oxford. Yeah. Um, and yes, it works. Everybody's jumped on board, and America buys a lot. So what they will sell you expect now to be inflated prices. Yeah, of course. So you don't buy it off America. I say do not buy this drug from America. Break the patent. Set up a factory in the UK. Well, India. Um, to do or it. India. Anywhere, anywhere. But do, get it from wherever you want to get it from. India, buy it. Recognize. Buy it from, from, buy it from wherever you China. need to buy it from. Back buy it China. off China. Buy it off whoever. Give the profits to whoever you need to. Uh, or just tap up AstraZeneca and go... Here's the, com- here's the composite, here's some money, set up a factory on the government order and make it just bring out a statute that makes that the law and then afterwards pay the deal with the international fallout and this, deal with this the... This drug is 60 years old. Yeah, I know. They've had the money out of it. I know, that's fine. 
the, yeah, break, break the patent. The whole idea, break though, the patent. The whole idea, though, is a country can come along and buy out all the stocks. Obviously, they're in a situation brought on by themselves, which Correct. I know you want to talk about. I do want to mention um, that, yeah. Uh, and that's why they've done it, because they need so much, maybe. Yeah, that's right. In in essence, everybody across Europe, uh, including this country, although you can argue, the, the argument in this country is, was it a bit later than it should have been? Are we opening a bit sooner than it should have been? The argument in this country is certainly not like it is in the States, that um, that we don't it's not bad it's not life threatening to many people and that you shouldn't wear masks and you should just put the economy first that isn't a question that's rose here the question that rose in America is that question they, they, they literally have a fundamental aversion to dealing with it in a responsible adult manner and as such you have at least two states that have the biggest figures that they've ever had of infection and the mortality rate is catching up that's kicking in it's out of control if you look at an actual map of the united states there are some 19 states that it's on the rise a massive surge in three or four of them florida and texas are absolute hotspots. you wouldn't even want to go there right now and and as a result we've we've had to you know, not allow travel from there in Europe. Now, the, what's annoying about them buying this drug is quite simple. We have all played the game, and we have got our infection rates down. We've got uh, we've got the mortality rate really low, and but obviously we will still need this drug. They, by their greed, stupidity, and most importantly, arrogance, and arrogance has played a massive part in this. I've thrown the economy open, decided to just take it on the chin and go for this herd um, immunity. Yes, whoever wins, wins. Whoever gets it and lives, they win. It's like some game show over there. And because they've allowed this virus to run out of control and have all these massive amounts of cases and people to treat, they've gone and bought up the supply of this drug so that everybody in the countries that have played the game, have been responsible, have controlled the infection, now have no way of treating it. You selfish fucking assholes. That's one way of saying it. Um, it is quite unbelievable. Quite unbelievable. But it could be coming to an end soon. I believe that Trump will lose... Uh, I'm fingers crossed when I say this as well. I'm touching wood. Uh, Trump will lose the election in the next um, few months. And it may be changed there, but we need to change here as well because what I'm seeing now is Boris Johnson acting the same way as Trump does now, even though it's all the hat. He's only talking to a certain part of the media. He won't talk to ITV, he won't talk to Channel 4, they won't go on Newsnight. No, no, no one from his party is allowed to go on that. And when he's get questioned like he was today and, and PMQs, he was just just shouting loud and, and, and repeating things. And for example, this morning mm. he said a big, you know, big speech, big speech. We've got all this investment. They said this before. They said this at the election. The amount they're spending now yeah. is what they said they're going to spend, and they're yeah, saying no. it's always going to be a big new yeah, thing, the new deal. Yeah. And it's not the case whatsoever. Well, it's said new it. deal, in it? FDR's <laughs> new deal. Ridiculous. It's uh, unbelievable. If you, if and you he's fall for Trump. it, if you fall for it, 
them more more fool you you know the this guy is a serial liar he's not even running the government he's not running this country dominic cummings is running this country and you and all his weirdos are running this country with their new world order perspective trying to wreck everything they don't care they don't care and this virus they don't really care about it the only reason why stuff has been done is because they would have been a revolution otherwise if they had decided to do nothing go for herd immunity we would have been on this island completely cut off europe would have turned the back on us they were worried that the united states would as as well but but what what boris uh, got wrong and what dominic cummings got wrong was the absolute stupidity of the united states in dealing with us if they had have actually known that they would be as irresponsible as this they could have gone down the same route and let everybody die here and not pretend to care and spend all this money because they wouldn't have had the backlash from america they'd have just been in in lockstep with them and that they must be kicking themselves they've missed an opportunity to kill loads of poor people that are a drain on them but hey we are where we are aren't we no they're not going to do anything for you they're not going to do a goddamn thing all they're going to do is all this money that's been spent they're going to make you pay for it yeah and it's coming soon as well and very I've, soon I fear they're getting well. ready um absolutely you know this thing about the initial thing what you thought well, look at this government giving out all this money wow supporting yeah. supporting the people yeah, the money tree the that, that theresa may said didn't exist yeah didn't exist this money tree they found a forest of them Forest. What do you think? Give us a well. Give us a bell if you want to. Oh one six one two three eight nine zero five zero, or email us studio at fabradiointernational dot com. Uh, what's your thoughts as what's going on, especially in England? Now, one of the things that it talks about is Brexit, and it seems to be going from bad to worse. Uh, I guess in a deal. Now, everyone Boris, thinks it's gone away. Yeah, Boris. Boris had his big plans. Got the biggest American deal working with the USA ever. Yep. It'll be amazing. Now, look at the state of the USA. We know how the USA deal with people because look at how they're done with the drugs. Whoopsie. Uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do it's come, come November? It. The mess in it, everyone. Bay, bay. We were going to have this big deal over there. We're going to have a deal in Australia. Actually, there is one um, in in the pipeline. A big thing's been made of it, and it's uh, is it one billion a year? This this deal, or one, one billion? Um, is it pounds or dollars? Um, either way irrelevant and it it's one billion in whatever currency and we've lost 260 billion pounds worth of trade yeah whoopsie but but you know in some ways um um you know people who voted for brexit and, and mm. they thought they were doing the right thing because of yeah. the immigration into this country and blah 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 yeah uh and they were sold it via a very clever way of marketing yeah very small violin playing here for that well i i accept that they were duped and i accept duped. a lot of people were lied no, to I, but yeah small people, violin people, don't I, i'm not going to have much sympathy no, no, when these people, people are wailing when, and moaning over this when, when they get the consequences it's the hardest thing of all for a person to accept that they've been duped and to say oh i was wrong that's mm. a hard thing it's expensive stand, not to though they'll stand behind it though that's human nature they'll stand behind them being wrong that's, a difference. that's wrong. a difference between a great person and a poor person a person of good character and a person of poor character that that is essential that that's the sort of leadership that you want a leader it, half the point is is 
being the person that goes, do you know what? We did not get this right, but we've learned from this, and now we're redoubling our efforts doing that. You don't get that very often in a leader, and when you do, you get it. Uh, you get it. You get an amazing leader like FDR in America. He, he said the policy with regards World War Two and, and what was going on. He, he saw a lot of things not working, and towards the end of his presidency, he did his damnedest to to out liberate Europe and do lots of things that he, you know, he he would hold his hands up. He's a realist. Yeah, you're right. Boris will never admit he's done anything wrong ever because it's weakness and it doesn't play well with the base. Trump that the doesn't Trump? play well with the base. No. If he, he can never say he got anything wrong, no, ever. But it's a good trait to have. What? What? If you're playing poker, what's the hardest thing to do? It's to fold a good hand because you know that somebody across the table has obviously got something better than you folding that good hand keeps you in the game for the next round where you may win you'll get a better hand you will win and you push big when you're in a better position i think i think poker it gives an analogy for life and i think that right now we there's a lot of people around this world running countries and they've got busted flushes they they were going for that river card and it's not turned up and don't go all in Cash what chips you've got left, do it. If you've made a mistake, regroup, change your attitude. America right now should be just holding the hands up and going, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime threat. We misjudged it. We got it wrong. uh, And it also turns out that God isn't protecting these people as as they believed. And it turns out that face masks are worth a punt. from New York. Yeah, apparently. No. Did you, uh, I mean, the, 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 they're calling them Karens now, aren't they? Uh, these these ladies, I mean, the, the origin of it, I remember it first emerging, this term, Karens, because there was someone called Karen who was just so une- uneducated and ill-informed that yeah. it was it went viral. And now they, they look at, they're calling them Karens, aren't they? And there was, a, they, we had that. It's a bit like Dave's. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. And these Karens, the the videos that have been circulating all week have been absolutely shocking, haven't they, of, of all about the face masks? Unbelievable. But before we get on to that, I want to play this. That, that is a, that's a long discussion, uh, oh, yeah. face masks. Um, Donald Trump has a, a newsroom where somebody comes out and speaks on, on, on behalf of Trump, uh, and she's quite good at it because she's just barefaced. Uh, and she, her opening words was she would never lie. Never, never lie. So yesterday she said this. White House officials first learned that this intelligence about Russian bounties existed. I will say this. The president was never briefed on this. Um, this intelligence still has not been verified. Um, and there is no consensus among the intelligence community. Does the president wish that he had been briefed sooner? I mean, today Joe Biden called it a dereliction of duty. This is a piece of intelligence information that had no consensus, has not been verified, still to this day has not been verified, and there are several intelligence agencies on the record noting that. You have the Department of, the, of Defense saying that there has they have no corroborating evidence to validate, validate the recent allegations. The NSC allegations in recent press articles have not been verified or substantiated by the intelligence community and the ODNI. We are still investigating the alleged intelligence referenced 
in recent media reportings, but that didn't stop the New York Times from putting it on the very first page of their newspaper and stopping us from getting to an ultimate conclusion and an ultimate place of having a consensus on the alleged intelligence. Darlene. There's a briefing, an intel briefing on the president's schedule today. Will this matter be part of his briefing this afternoon? Uh, the president has been briefed on what is unfortunately in the public domain because of the New York Times um, and the irresponsible leaks. Yes, he has been briefed, uh, but that does not change the fact that there is no consensus on this intelligence that still has yet to be verified. I guess more broadly, it, you know, I would re-ask the question of whether it was in his material, but asking maybe to defend why the president isn't necessarily reading his PDB when there are these types of issues that could arise. The president does read, and he also consumes intelligence verbally. This president, I'll tell you, is the most informed person on planet Earth when it comes to the threats that we face. You have Ambassador O'Brien, who sees him in person twice a day, who sometimes takes the upwards of half a dozen calls with this president. He's constantly being informed and briefed on intelligence matters. Um, but I'm not going to allow the New York Times to dictate when we give top secret information and don't give top secret I mean, information. I mean, just That's an untenable the, proposition. So there she is. What's she called? Mike? Kayleigh McEnany. Right. Kayleigh there swearing. This was, uh, you know, I think it was about 11 o'clock in the morning saying Trump had never uh, come across it. He only just been formed. It's all down to the, the uh, New York Times that it's out there and been leaked and they're at fault. They've never seen it before. Blah, blah, blah. And she'll never, ever lie. First opening words when she got the job. That was the first thing she said. The first words. Which was, which was, was difficult, wasn't it, to, to comprehend because that podium has become a propaganda machine. Yeah. That podium has been used by Sean Spicer. They hit the ground running on day one when Sean Spicer stood up, took the first press briefing, and he basically said it was the biggest attended, the best attended inauguration yeah, in, in history yeah, yeah, yeah. ever, period, if yeah, you remember. Yeah. And then followed up with uh, Mike Huckabee's daughter, Oh, um, Sarah Saunders, Huckabee Saunders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She followed up with all her smoky eye makeup and, and bloody bareface lies. She was uh, the same thing. And then you've got volume, uh, volume four. Uh, I forgot her name now. She didn't take a press conference. She took the job and, never did one. and didn't yeah. do any press conferences whatsoever and only spoke to the press one-on-one and then everyone kicked off over that so she got forced out and now you've got her now so that's gone on you, you it's quite convincing really was you convinced by it? i'll get into it in a minute i've got i've got another there's another six hours this. later yeah. six hours later i've listened to this yeah uh, Charlie, tonight's report tells us that there is a there was a, a written brief to the president that contained this information. And as I look uh, lower in your story, I find that there's a specific date uh, specified by one source saying that they believe the president got the information on in the February 27th brief. Uh, what more can you tell us about what you're developing in this reporting tonight? Well, that's right. So we have previously reported that Trump was briefed. The White House has said we were wrong, and the New York Times School of Lies, and we had said that we had one source saying it was sometime in this presidential daily brief, which is a compendium of written intelligence that is prepared for the president to read every day. So what we have today, now, or tonight, is 
uh, confirmation from two sources that it was in the written briefing to President Trump in late February. One says late February, the other source says February 27 specifically, and secondarily that it was disseminated more broadly within the intelligence community in a publication called The Wire that the CIA puts out for people with security clearances um, to read about the areas in their specialty on May 4. And so this is significant because it undercuts the White House's uh, narrative the last sort of 36 hours that the uh, not only was President Trump uh, never briefed, but this information was, you know, that they dismissed the information as uh, contested and unverified and not serious and credible enough to bring to his attention. Those things which are put in the presidential daily brief uh, by definition have met that standard in the intelligence community's mind. And then the uh, further dissemination in the wire uh, publication in May underscores that. So that's the main new news this evening. So there we have it. Yeah. Uh, they're lying. Now, why is it important, you may ask? Well, if you don't know much about it, um, apparently, and according to his brief and according to his intelligence, Russia are paying um, the Taliban a bounty to kill USA and UK troops in Afghanistan, or have been doing in the past. Apparently, they raided somewhere uh, Taliban and found an absolutely bucket load of Russian money. So, it's important. Uh, if somebody know, knew about this, who was in control, surely they would be not inviting Russia to the G7 for one, mm -hmm. and, and we would deal with Russia in a different way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gone beyond it now, Mike, hasn't it? I could, I could give you some insight from oh. on a personal perspective. I've got you met one or two of them. I've got a lot of Russian friends just from when I I had a Russian friend that I knew in the Samaritans, a big family, lots of people, and then uh, I went to university with one Koblev, and uh, they big family, big connections, all that. And I just got an unusual amount of Russian friends. Okay. So I get a lot of feedback from them, and I get I, I've been over there. And I've been, I've spent time in Russia, unfortunately, it didn't go well. And I've uh, been in Georgia and um, in Tbilisi. And the, the thing is, this guy, it's easy to just think of Putin as a stereotype. You think a Bond villain? You think you think? Oh well, he won't be that bad. He, he's not that bad. No one's that bad. We are just ideologically opposed. So we we paint the press paints him as a boogeyman. Everybody paints him as a bad guy. He's probably not that bad. I mean, people probably think our uh, in Russia people have a very bad view of our leaders and paint yeah. them as demonic and demonise them. Stick to stick a tail and horns on them. Now. I can tell you that the guy, this guy really is something very devious and something very special. I've known a lot of stories from people who, who the, the guy and his behaviour and the way that he is. And I'm not talking about his government here. I'm talking about Putin as a person. And you'll see where I'm getting to with this in a while. You've heard lots of stories from lots of people who've just had personal interactions with a guy and the guy will think nothing about just leaning over and giving them a direct threat and saying that something will happen to them. And and it's quite chilling when it happens, apparently, and he does it to a lot of people. On the international stage, he'll pull someone to one side and he will literally say, accidents can happen. 
and stuff like that. He said he doesn't speak English very much, but he can speak English, and that's what people miss. You can, if you actually search around on YouTube, you can find clips of him speaking English, yeah. and he's actually pretty good. He chooses not to for his own ideological. He sees it as weakness, same as Trump with a mass and all the rest. He sees it as weakness to his lot if he's ever seen speaking English or another language. So he speaks Russian, and he makes everybody else speak yeah. Russian and get an interpreter. That... Again, is another level of it. There was a there was a, um, a, f- a famous story, and you can find details of this online. America. He went to uh, meet the head of a football team that he he was quite partial to, and he he actually watches American football, Putin. And the guy um, he was talking to this guy, and the guy uh, said to him, "You know the world se- the the world ring the yeah, ring the that they get, ring, yeah, yeah the world yeah. series ring yeah." And this guy had one on, and he went, oh, could I uh, have a look at that? And then the guy just went, oh, yeah, and he's the head of this club. Okay. And he has a look at it, and then Putin goes, oh, it's very nice. Thank you very much, and just puts it in his pocket. Really? Walks off. That is who he is. And that wasn't a mistake. That wasn't a language barrier thing. That's who he is. And you couldn't be doing this game that... that Trump has played since he got in and make no mistakes about it. He has business dealings in Russia and that's why he wanted a relationship with Russia where he got all the advantages. Everything's bent in Russia. If me and you went over there now, I could say I want to be made mayor of one of these satellite towns in Russia and me and you, we would get a quick chat with somebody representing him and we would either have to give a backhander some direct money or arrange to do something yeah and then that would be guaranteed we would get that that is how bent it is there and trump knows it it's perfect for trump that is trump's dreamland he would turn america into that if he could because think about it all that trump had the only problem for trump is red tape that is the only problem. He wants to do dodgy stuff and he hates getting caught. And he wants, he is the sort of person who just wants to phone someone up and go, I'll give you 100 grand to make that permit work. I want the building. He did it with Trump Tower. That's how he got Trump Tower built. Look into this. Everybody, I'm not going to tell you what to think. Just look in, read about this. Read about how he built Trump Tower in New York and the permits and the way he got it all done. And that, if you look at Roy Cohn and what Roy Cohn got up to, and there's a great documentary I can recommend called Where's My Roy Cohn? And it's out now. You can find it. I think it's on Netflix, but you can certainly get it um, a copy of it from somewhere. And I'm telling you now, it's worth watching. And you can't play this game that Trump has been playing with Putin because he will roll you over and that's what's happening he's rolling everybody over and he needs standing up to do you think that um putin has something on trump yes of course i do do i think that trump would be would accept an invitation to russia yes without any question you know he has you know he's been over there a lot you know that he has been in russia an abnormal amount of times for a normal american businessman yes i do i i think nothing more i think that some favors were done and, and you know what i believe i believe that his son jared kushner has been money laundering money for the Russian government for the past decade. 
and I think that's how they got access to the the female lawyer to have the meeting in Trump Tower that day. Yeah. Yeah. The, that meeting that nobody in the right mind would have in the middle of an election. But this is how brazen it is. The whole thing is brazen. But I'll tell, I'll tell you, do you don't don't think for one minute that that guy is going to lose power and he's going to live till 90 odd that guy and he's and you've got him for a long time yet you've got another two or three decades of this yeah, shit it's just doing and the he's change around now into, he's doing into, it again he yeah. does it all the time musical chairs he changes president to prime minister to something other. he rewrites the fucking yeah. constitution yeah. paul he yeah. rewrites the constitution to stay in and then but one thing you you've got to look at it from our perspective here in the UK, what's been going on over the last few years, yeah? You've had uh, dramatisation, which, by the way, really uh, blows over a lot of the worst stuff that's been on the TV lately, over the poisonings in Salisbury, yeah? Yeah. They're sending people onto our soil now yeah. to commit murder. I'm guessing away. And they don't give a shit. Yeah. And and he he's openly laughs about it, Putin. he If you let him go much further... You're going to end up with a nuclear war. You've got to be really careful because you'll put yourself in a situation where he will do something that bold that there will have to be retaliation. Well, every day, he every came day. close to it yeah. with Ukraine. He came yeah. very close to um, when when he was trying to take well, they back. It, they, yeah. they annexed yeah. it. That that would have caused a war, you know, at certain points in history. At certain points in history, with the right leaders well, on, Germany, you might say the wrong leaders in place, that would have caused a war. Same story as Germany, isn't it? Absolutely is yeah. the same we'll, story we'll, we'll with Poland. Yeah. That's what caused it, Poland. When when they annexed part of Poland, they, we went we went for it. Some breaking news and change of um, subject. We'll go back to America in a moment. But Black Lives Matter. Um, here at the station, we are a supporter of, of Black Lives Matter. Yep. It's, Unless you live in Burnley. Yeah, um, it's an obvious thing to support. However, some things have changed. Uh, last night, two, I mean, your favourite people, footballers. Yeah. Uh, a guy used to play for Man United called Patrick Evera. Evera. Did they stop playing and video games and do something? He'd uh, articulate a wonderful football, but articulate wonderful guy. Wow, well, that doesn't sound right. Are you sure? Yes, uh, and he's a black player from France. Okay. Um, so he was wearing the badge. They stopped wearing it last night. Oh, right. And the reason being is because uh, lost Black Lives Matter UK are starting to change things a bit and they bring out more politics into it. Uh, they called Sir Keir Starmer because um, he mentioned that when they, they were uh, criticising um, Israel, yeah. Black Lives Matter, uh, Keir Starmer called it a shame and that the movement was getting entangled into these organisational issues and said calls to defund the police were nonsense because that was what they were asking for. Mm-hmm. Their reply was, uh, well, he, uh, Keir Starmer, this is on there to retweet back, he's just a cop in an expensive suit. Um, and so they want to change things and defund the police and give all the money for the police to have no police for, but give it into youth groups and mental health. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh. Now, obviously, our friend Patrick... Uh, the former United player was on TV, took his badge off, and you would sound like, you think, are they shooting themselves in the foot here? What's your view? Well, they, you you get, you're, getting, you're getting into an area again now. This always happens. This always happens. The ultimate enunciation of this is you end up with a situation like momentum uh, wrecking the Labour Party, where you have, you, it's not enough that you've got an ideology. 
you you then start to perform witch hunts on each other about purity and that's when you hit a problem instead of just accepting you're all swimming in broadly the same direction and that you've all got goals that are all mutually beneficial in this room for a lot of different opinions and different goals under that one umbrella that we have to get into this sort of crap where you know this is where it ends up where me and you are being lectured by 18 year olds for not being proper socialists you know yeah, yeah there's a purity and question. i have been i yeah. have been oh i i have been i've yeah. been and all yeah I mean, I mean this is why the the moment this is heaven to me we'll get more into labor later on before we go because we're my god it, it's been a busy week uh, especially with uh, yeah. keir starmer and the future of the labor party the i think that you should not shoot an own goal at a time like this I think you should just keep the momentum going and stop arguing with each other and if you're all you've all got the, these goals are all mutually they're not exclusive to each other they, they you can have goals where you know if you are for black lives and giving uh, and enhancing the the experience of a black person then anything that goes to that should be fair game uh, I'll give you the, the, the exact quote from Black Lives Matter. When we say def- defund the police, we mean invest in programs that actually keep us safe, like youth services, mental health and social care, education, jobs and housing. Uh, Can I say the, the problem with this straight away, the minute all this started, and it started about a week after the protests were, were in full swing, we're about day eight and nine, and then this phrase came out, and it's been used before it's not a new phrase it's, it, um, it is confusing to the general public when you hear that phrase yeah, definitely, people don't understand what it means no. I know what it means and you do because we've, we've read about this other people, they've just, they don't know what defund the police means. They think, literally, defund the police means that, that you're going to go, right, well, the police no are all racist, so we're not paying for them anymore, yeah. and there's no police then, and the streets descend into anarchy. In America, unlike here, over the years, there's been a real grey area about public services and who should do what. Over here... In the UK, for example, if um, I thought you were going to self-harm yourself tonight, something bad had happened, you'd had a bereavement, you were going off the deep end, and I was at my wit's end because I was staying with you, I could get some emergency help with that mental health. I could possibly try and get you sectioned for a week for your own safety to make sure that you're all right, whatever. Yeah, in, in America, the cops get called for everything. And and you will end up with a guy. This is why you have so many disasters, because instead of the right person turning up, you've got a guy who's who's self-arming himself, bashing his head into a wall or doing whatever. You try and restrain him. You're, he's going to accidentally elbow you in the face by accident. Things will, will happen like that. Now, you need a trained, dedicated health worker to come into a situation like that and take control and deal with it so the person then gets sedated you take them to somewhere safe and then you restrain them until they calm down and then you start to get psychological help with them and get them under control it could be that they need medication for a few days because some imbalance has happened that people don't believe in but actually does happen to people and uh, and that's how you deal with it now in america i'll tell you the same situation how it it transpire the problem is you'd you'd ring the police 
then the police would turn up. So you've got a guy who's trying to bang himself in into a wall. The police would then go over, try and restrain him. The guy would accidentally elbow him or do something because he's off his head. And then the guy re- and then the cop reaches for his gun of self defence, and then the guy's dead. That's how it goes down because the police are not trained to deal with that. They're not trained to deal with that. And what defund the police in its purest sense means we'll take the money that's being used for policing areas that they are not really suited for and get mental health workers get other people to deal with it if it's youth problem with some youths on a car park hanging out there you don't need you need a community policing um approach to it you don't need the cops to come in armed and go right move on and then the minute one of them gives them some shit or throws a rock at them some kid's dead and that's the problem the police are, are, are trained to deal with an armed robbery and they get sent round to deal with someone who's mentally ill yeah. then they can't deal with it and someone ends up dead. To add to that, and I agree 100% with you, uh, um, what that's supposed to be about and perhaps people don't understand it. Anyway, It's uh, an unfortunate but, phrase. They had to be a better yeah. phrase than defund. Couldn't they have said um, reform the police? Is that not a better phrase? Reform but, the but police? On the bigger picture, Black Lives Matter group in the UK has said, as a public prosecutor, Sir Keir Starmer was a cop in an expensive suit, while black people are now incarcerated... At the same rate as um, uh, African Americans, the prison population. Oh, look, oh the prison population. Um, I'm lost now. The prison population almost doubled since the 80s. This has affected all working class people. So they're implying mm. that that's. Um, well, I think I've lost a call there. Hello? No, I've lost him. Oh, dear. Okay. I was bringing back. So they're implying that he's behind, as uh, a uh, public prosecutor, he's behind putting black people away. Yeah, well, you know, that's not really it, is it? That's not, it's not accurate. Has he put black people away as a... As of course he has. Yeah, he's put a lot of people it's away. Same, same as look, America. Look, at the end of the day, if you're an intelligent person and you get a job, you do the job you're given, if you, you should be able to go and do that job and then literally take a job as public relations and work with black people or, or anybody else, it... it doesn't matter if you're intelligent and you you are able to take your skill set and do another job and that's all he's doing he's not the first person who was head of a, a crown prosecution service who went on to do other things i mean people do all sorts of different things don't they uh, you know the, yeah. you you get people do it dealing with with well, really diverse well jobs. you touched on it just before uh, i've got a clip to play now by jonathan pye well uh, mm. A little bit of a hero to mine, really. Um, and you're talking about, about woke people. Uh, yeah. And um, it's a term that's used for people, like you say, suddenly, me and you, yeah. can't, we, we can't be Labour voters because mm. we didn't follow momentum to the end of the world. Oh, that type of world. Oh, we're quoting Maxine Peake. Maxine Peake? Who, so who basically He's said been if in you the don't, studio if you a few times, by the way. Yeah, she can go fuck herself. Um, there you go. It's sad. Um, we'll deal so with it. back in. I, don't, I wouldn't have her on the show now. Let's have a listen. The firing of Rebecca Long-Bailey has reignited the row over anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. As Keir Starmer battles to keep his party from civil war, the left contingent of the Labour Party threats... Hang on, hang on, I'm, I'm confused. I, I, it's still such an odd phrase to me. You know, the left-wing contingent of the Labour Party. The whole party is supposed to be fucking left-wing, right? But 
that's not what's confusing me. Okay, where to begin, really? Okay, the left-wing contingent are up in arms. All right, that's what's confusing me. Okay, because surely this is what they want. Right. If one of your own is getting fired for essentially posting on Twitter an article from the Independent, then you've won. The culture war is over. Victory is what you've always wanted. People losing their jobs for retweeting the wrong opinions. Exactly the same people that have their pitchforks primed for any careless slip of the tongue or unthinking moment online, they're up in arms. Well, you fucking shouldn't be, because this is the world that you created. You can't have it both ways. You can't spend the last three weeks talking about racist microaggressions in the context of police brutality and then ignore her endorsement of an interview which includes a lazy, clumsy and unfounded statement that could easily be construed as anti-Semitic whilst also undermining the issue of police brutality. You can't have it both ways. Surely this is what you've been striving for. A culture that entirely rejects the notion of nuanced debate and giving the benefit of the doubt in favour of an assumption of bigotry at every available opportunity. You did this. You created this society whereby a tiny but very vocal minority of perma-offended woke twats with an extraordinary amount of power have penetrated every single aspect of our culture and will destroy you if they perceive you have a different opinion than that of your average Guardian columnist. This is what you wanted. This is how you like it. So you can't act all shocked when it comes back at you. There is so very little of left-wing politics left in this country that is progressive. We willingly handed over the principles of free speech and expression to right-wing bigots a long time ago. Big mistake. We have created a utopia that is censorious and ball-cringingly sensitive. A woke utopia that bullies people into silence and woe betide anyone who strays from the very narrow righteous path. I'm not sure that pulling down statues of long-dead people actually achieves much and expecting them to have lived by today's standards is rather ridiculous. That opinion is not valid and makes you an apologist for slavery. No, 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 I I just want a proper discussion about the implications. No, 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 this way, please. Into the incinerator, you must go. A liberal utopia where if you even suggest that there might be such a thing as biological sex, you will be labelled a transphobe. You will get death threats on Twitter. Well, it's not the prescribed liberal view, you see. Into the incinerator, you must go. A culture that encourages trawling through people's social media histories to find anything that could be deemed an indiscretion by today's standards. Where we all just keep quiet for fear of saying the wrong thing. The upshot of that is we're all happy to pretty much ignore the homophobic murders of three men for fear of being labelled Islamophobic. Best just keep quiet, innit? Utopia! A liberal left that almost entirely ignores economic inequality in favour of identity politics, which brings people together by segregating them into smaller and smaller groups based on their gender, their sexuality and their skin colour. Utopia. Hmm. He thinks identity politics is an ineffectual and regressive cult. To the incinerator. 
A utopia filled with people who watched an eight-minute video of George Floyd being murdered and immediately went on Twitter to launch a furious tirade about how racist the Coco Pops monkey is. A utopia where nuance and context and intent are gone, where people go to prison for telling jokes. I am not joking. This is what you wanted. This is how you like it. Utopia, where only the right opinions are tolerated. I don't for one second believe that the actor, Maxine Peake, is a racist. Ping! Correct. I also don't believe that the actor, Lawrence Fox, is a racist. This way, please. No, 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 just leave your belongings there. Thank you. This won't hurt a bit. As the row over anti-Semitism... So there he touches on many points there which I totally, totally agree with. Um, you mm. can't say you can't say out oh, well people jump in your back. We just said it before. You can't say anything about um you know you get accused of being a Blairite. It, it's it's it sickening all the time. and in on every level. Yeah. There's so many. There, there is this right accepted view that that's been put forward. But yeah. momentum, momentum are they they they're dangerous. They the democracy. Everybody throws the word democracy at you when you mention momentum and the fact that. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn, if you criticise oh well he was duly elected it was democracy, 600,000 people, well let's look at this 600,000 people shall we, that were all mostly a bunch of people that had been kicked out of the party at some point over 20 years, a lot of those people weren't new young people quite a lot of them were returning members of militant and all the rest of the shower of shitbags that we got rid of in the 80s, these are people that want to be part of a protest movement and aren't interested in governing or be it they want to moan and if they got in power they wouldn't be happy because there'd be nothing to moan about. If they started fixing stuff they'd find something else to moan about. These are the sort of people, they're not progressive minded politicians, they're not free thinkers, they're just a bunch of idiots and this is the problem and momentum had to control the Labour Party. And you weren't, like you say, you weren't allowed to say anything. And then, and then you get to this point of the uh, Semitism, anti-Semitism, and then they, it's such a complicated subject. Whereas my view on it has been very simple: I hate the government of Benjamin Netanyahu. I believe that he is a, it is the most oppressive right wing ideologically fascist government that I've corrupt. ever seen. It's corrupt, it's bent, it, it, and, and, you know, the worst thing in the world, uh, it is cruel. It is a cruel, awful government that has reduced the Palestinians in the mindset to animals. But here's the thing. Criticising that government is not anti-Semitism. However, lump doing what Corbyn and all these pricks do, which um, and Maxine Peake seems to be part of this as well. I don't. I don't. I do think that she's harbouring this sort of view, and that is that they're lumping in the Israeli people as a whole. If you're a Jew, you're responsible for everything that's happening to the Palestinians. Well, that is absolute nonsense. Every time the tanks roll into the uh, South Bank and they they take out. Settlements and and make people homeless and Palestinians um, get arrested and and killed. Every time that happens, there are people 
demonstrating on the streets of of uh, of of Israel. There are people demonstrating. There are young students demonstrating that want a two-state solution, that want peace, that don't want to persecute Palestinians. And Jeremy Corbyn and Maxine Peake and all these people, they would have you believe that a Jew is a nasty piece of work that believes that that Palestinians are animals and that and that they ought to be running the world they believe in this this cabal this this uh, illuminati with them at the top of the pyramid and it's racist that is anti-semitism in a nutshell when you put the sins of a government onto the entire population that it represents i am not responsible for what boris johnson and dominic cummings do I didn't vote for them. If you gave me the power tomorrow to remove them, I would. So I should not be blamed for what they do. I should not be lumped in. You shouldn't be. Anybody else, you don't. You shouldn't get blamed for what your government does. If your government happens to be a ridiculously right-wing <clears throat> and it got in by being elected by the populace, you can't blame everyone for that. You can't blame everybody in the United States for Donald Trump. It is not anti-Semitism to so attack the Israeli government. on that point then, um, can you blame the white man for slavery? No. Not all, not all white men. But you can, But you, now can you blame them? That is a question. Can you now blame anyone for slavery? No, you can't blame anybody alive right now for slavery. You cannot. You cannot do that. Even if the dad was the most famous slave trader in the world, not the dad, they'd be the great-granddad. If, if great, the great-granddad great or great-great-granddad was the biggest slave trader in, in, in America, it's still not that guy's fault. It's nobody's fault. But what you can do is make reparations. You can try and fix things and, and repair the damage. But you, no, you, nobody's responsible for slavery that's alive on this planet right now. However... You are responsible for continuing any of those ideas or vibes or even intimations. If you are doing any of that, if you've got a Confederate flag, by the way, you're a racist. End of story. That is the same, same as, as swinging. Flag, yeah. It's the same as a Nazi flag. I don't understand. I've yeah. never understood why yeah. there's a nuance. Never. Never got it. And that's the thing. If you're doing that, and you're at a Trump rally with one of them, or you're at a NASCAR thing, or you're putting a noose in a in a cubicle, then yeah, you're 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 bad. You you are harking back to slavery. You are connecting with slavery on an emotional level, wanting to bring that outdated, disgusting set of ideals into the 21st century. Uh, I want to play this because we're running out of time, but uh, it's about Florida and what's happening there right now. Ignoring a pandemic does not make it go away. That's why states like Florida are in such dire straits. Listen to its governor, DeSantis, boasting last month about what great shape Florida was in. You got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. What now? Shh. Not going to hear him here. You won't see him here. Why? Because he's got nothing to say. When he had a chance to speak, 
He spoke too soon. He did too little. And now his state is suffering too much. New York's peak in daily cases was what, in April? The five-day average of daily cases hit almost 10,000. Terrible. Things here still aren't great. We're just moving in the right direction. Florida health officials reported nearly 10,000 new coronavirus cases on Saturday. It's highest single day since the start of the pandemic. He made Trump happy, Governor DeSantis did, and now more Floridians than they can count accurately appear to be sick. More than half our states have growing cases now. 16 are currently having to pause or roll back reopenings because they did not do the right things the right ways. Texas, parts of California, bars have been directed to close back down. The Secretary of Health and Human Services says the window is closing for us to get this right. Even Pence, who you saw silently by DeSantis' side as he spewed nonsense, seems to be his strongest asset as an ally. Even he is now saying, you should wear a mask. That's good, since he's the head of the coronavirus task force. It's bad that he is only saying so now. But the really ugly reality is that Pence still sat there and enjoyed this maskless choir of more than 100 singing on Sunday. It doesn't matter if you're singing songs to the Lord. There is no commandment that thou shalt do stupid things in my name and get COVID. The main commandment, if you care, if you believe, was to love one another as I have loved you. Keep your distance. If you can't, Keep your mask on. Wash your hands. At this rate, there is a real chance that quarantine may become the reality for more of us in this country. And for many of us, here's the scary part, a second time. It is possible you may see me in my basement once again. Why? Because this isn't about being scared This is about scaring us straight with the facts. The facts. And the facts are, well, uh, America's in a mess. Um, This weekend, July the 4th, lots of things going on, obviously, in the States, celebrations, and uh, all the bars in the UK. Well, not all the bars. Forget Leicester. But Leicester's not opening, is it? You can't forget Leicester anyway. Um, You can drive there to test your eyes out. Test Test your eyes out, come back, you never know. Um, So, yeah, all the bars are opening. And, Mike, a question. We've got a few minutes left. Yep. Are you looking forward to it? Is it a good thing that's happening to you? No. You're opening bars this weekend. I've been put in a position that a lot of people are in. I feel it's a little early. I would have preferred this to be going on in August with the figures even lower than they are now, to be absolutely certain. It feels a little bit early. Um, I was put in a position where everybody is expecting to an announcement that places are closing. Every every time you see an announcement, you, you are immediately thinking, oh, this is about to say that we're, we're shutting down. You know, the, it's gone. So... I had a situation where Fab Cafe in Manchester um, could could open, 
and all its competition are going to open. The staff are still furloughed at home and we've been kept, kept them paid and waiting and hoping to reopen it when it was safe. And if we didn't reopen, we run the risk of people thinking that the place had closed down and won't reopen again. And the damage is untold. The people also that worked for me were desperate to get back to work and there was a lot of d- different pressures. Personally, I... I think it's going to cost me more money being open. I think it's going to lose more money than being shut because I feel that it's going to be quieter. You're going to have to expect to keep it safe. We're going to have to keep it very quiet. I'm going to I'm going to have about a third of the amount of people in, uh, if not less, to to keep it safe because uh, I don't want to endanger people. So it is a very difficult exercise. We put a lot of things in place. And we're going to do our best. But if there's even one hint that it's a problem, I'm, it, it will have to close again. However, I'm confident that we're going, to, we're going to run it responsibly. I think other people, there are going to be some people that won't run it responsibly. I think there are people that throughout this have had lock-ins at pubs. I think that things have gone on. You've had raves going on. You've had all sorts. So, yeah, I'm absolutely certain there will be people that run pubs and they stay open after hours and have a lot of people in trying to make up for the money that they've lost during this period. And I think that is when you run the risk. I don't think it's responsible pub owners who are going to do their best to protect the public. I think it's the people that are on the knees that don't have a lot of money and you can sympathise to a degree that they are really screwed. The economy's done them in. This COVID has done them in. And they are going to get desperate and they're going to fill the pubs with too many people. And that's when you risk, you run the risk of things happening like they're happening in America. Texas is you paying think, a dreadful okay, price. We've got 30 seconds left. Do you think what's happening in America will happen here because of the pub is opening? No, because I, think, I don't think we're being as stupid. I think more people have been very careful. What's about the south coast, southwest coast? You've had some incidents, but they're not the norm, are they? It wasn't at every beach all around the UK, and we have had amazing weather, and it's only happened in certain spots. I'm hoping that people are going to be sensible. But if you are listening to this, if you are not sensible... Have a look at America. Have a look at Texas. That is what will happen. It will happen. It will absolutely happen. If you are blasé, we're done. The government can say, it's your fault. It's your fault, yeah.